Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. My name is David and with me for this episode we have Crystal. Hi diddly ho neighbor. And Bo. And hi, hi diddly ho. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It, just suddenly it just, doesn't relate to anything we're going to talk about. I know, but no Simpsons related stuff in here. No. But any time is a good time for it the Nerd. It wasn't Simpsons. It was Home Improvement. <laughs> was it? It's not Dead Flanders. No, it was the guy who was a fence. Really? Hi, Dilly Ho, neighbor. Hi, uh, Dilly Ho, neighbor. What's yeah. his name? Wilson or something. Oh, man, I don't remember that guy's name. Away. <laughs> Wilson! <laughs> <laughs> pro- anyway, well, I've already stuffed with the Dead Flanders. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so, as, as, as you would have noticed, that this episode's actually been split into part one and part two. Uh, that's because uh, in part one, we have our usual news, reviews, and Azerothian Times. Uh, an extended Azerothian Times because uh, Bo is upset that we didn't talk about it much the last couple of episodes. Uh, <laughs> but we also we also reveal our rebooted Contest of Champions. Uh, so it's Contest of Champions 2.0, which I'm very excited about. And in part two, thanks to Monster Pictures, uh, I had the chance to interview Michael Paré, an action hero from my childhood, uh, and Mr. James Rolfe, who uh, would be better known as the Angry Video Game Nerd. So uh, it was really exciting. I've been a, I've been a fan of the Angry Video Game Nerd for for years, and uh, so the chance to talk to him was awesome. And he was as cool on the in the interview as he is on screen. Although well, it, was, he, it was a shame that we didn't have video because he didn't get to he couldn't do any of those facial expressions for me, which are awesome. I love. Was he angry? Like, was he in character whenever you interviewed him? No, he wasn't. No, he was he was his normal. Oh, that would have been great. His, his normal pleasant <laughs> self. <laughs> I did at one point. I wanted. I was going to ask him, "Hey, can you go into character for me?" But I, just, yeah. I, didn't want, I didn't want to put him on the spot. I felt bad. You were you were scared he was going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Angry yeah, podcast nerd. <laughs> MCP sucks. Too much so, awesomeness for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that's uh, so that's yeah. That's, that's in part two. So uh, let's move on to the rest of part one. I'm really excited. This is going to be. This is a huge show, especially for the rebooted Contest of Champions. But uh, we've got some pretty exciting news. I know Bo's going to be excited. The X-Files is returning to TV. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> this is amazing. I know. It's it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's basically Twin Peaks. The fact that Twin Peaks is returning has now opened the door to all these other cool shows. I, I actually had a dream about this last night. This, 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 like, honest to God happened. I'm not just making a joke. I, I, was, I was reading about it just before I went to bed, and then somehow I had a dream... Um, because I because what I was reading before I went to bed was that um, David Duchovny um, only agreed to do like a certain number of episodes. He's not doing a full season, so I don't think it's going to be a full return of the show. I think it's just going to be like a limited run or something. But I had a dream that like they replaced him with somebody really cool, and I can't remember who it was. And it was like they had worked it out so that Mulder and Scully were like passing the torch to like these two new people, and then they were going to carry the show. And I can't remember who it was. Well, I kind but of it was, figured that's how it would go anyway. Yeah, what about Agent Doggett? Does what happens to him at the end of the show? I don't remember how the like finale of the show is with Doggett and all that. You know, like uh, Mulder comes back again. And he's like in a few episodes. Yeah, um, and he's on trial or something, but he escapes into the desert or something. That's right. right that's yeah. right. Yeah, the very end of the show, um, they he's like yeah he's like on trial. He goes and meets the Cancer Man in that weird like Aztec place. Yeah. Um, but, but at the very go, then, end of the show. He's talking to he's talking to Scully in the hotel room. So they're together at the end. I don't remember what happens to Doggett though. Yeah, I don't they, think Doggett. I don't think he dies or anything. 
No, I don't. I don't think Dog dies either. But then you've got the films, of course, and they're in, they're in continuity. So they're, I mean, Scully and oh. Mulder are together as a couple. Yeah. Um, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I think that uh, if I were if I were doing the show today, I would do a whole limited, uh, like a like a half season limited run of classic Mulder Scully. Um, but it's um it's it's set it's set in you know however much time has passed since the show's been on the air. Yeah. Like make it real time, and then. Um, through the course of those episodes, set up the story for the two new people, and then and then pick up pick up right there, and you know do you know six seasons or, or whatever. That's spot on. The- yeah, that's exactly what they should do. That's cool, man. It's interesting that you say that the Twin Peaks opens the door for all these cool shows because that's pretty much what it did first time around. That's exactly right. Yeah, spot on. When we had Twin Peaks, like, you wouldn't have had it. That's though. I tried so hard to watch Twin Peaks, and that I, that is really hard to watch, man. Like, like, I know people love that show, but I, I I dug it the first couple episodes, and it just kept drifting further and further away from from what I liked about it. You know, oh, uh, well, this is it's maybe a controversial thing to say, and it's lucky that Richo's not here. But I actually don't like the show at all. I, I like the show. <laughs> I like the first season and a half, and mm. then it sort of jumps a shark for me. Yeah, it, the first season to me is watchable, but then after that, it's like, oh, if you don't like quirky stuff. Yeah, well, I've got like, it. I don't like mind quirky stuff as long as it's interesting quirky stuff, and I just didn't find <laughs> like, it interesting. Um, and we've also got uh, just recently revealed uh, Marvel's had a, a series of press releases in uh, the lead up to Secret Wars, which is happening very soon. We've touched on Secret Wars before on the show and on the on the videos. It was actually Secret Wars was announced when we were in New York uh, for New York Comic Con. Yeah. So, um, but they've actually so they've, they've they've revealed some pretty interesting sort of tidbits just to to get people excited and uh wow it's it essentially what they're doing uh is, is my understanding of it is, is they're they're basically doing a crisis on infinite earths for the marvel universe so it's i mean they're going to incorporate the multiverse into yeah. one reality and the way secret wars is going to work is that uh they actually they have uh, according to the teaser they have eight hours to save the earth and they fail and so it's so you already know they fail going into it um, and right, what happens right. is that all the, the, the Secret Wars, the Battle World, uh, so much much like the original miniseries, Battle World is, is comprised of a whole bunch of different realities instead of just different locations and different planets like it was in the original, which is just fascinating. So those teaser, those teaser uh, pictures that they've been revealing uh, over the last couple of months, uh, each section of Battle World is basically one of those sort of worlds. So, it, so for me, the most exciting is that one part of those worlds is going to be uh, the reality where Ma- uh, Mary Jane and Peter remain married and have their daughter, like that, none of this um, bloody one more day rubbish. It's a pretty, it's a pretty fascinating concept. So once, so then, the, so once the Secret Wars event itself is finished, you're going to have a brand new Marvel universe. So um, gonna, there's, there's been a bit of controversy. I mean, it's obviously, you know, the internet being the way it is, and you know, fans being the way it is, it's, it's. You know, it's the, the end of our childhood and all that sort of business. Oh, but for goodness sake, your childhood's <laughs> gone anyway. <laughs> You're 30 years old. No. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, I mean, I can I can kind of see I can kind of see what they say, right? I mean, I mean, younger, younger, angrier me obviously would have had a problem. But it's, I mean, now just I'm beyond all that. I just it's it doesn't like doesn't change anything that's already come before. Exactly right. It doesn't it doesn't change the fact that all of the comics that I know and love still exist and are on my bookshelf and can be read at any time. So. Um, well, I think this is even better, though, for that than because you know it's compared to the new Fifty Two, right? Well, like yeah. New Fifty Two, they literally just said 
there's no continuity reason. Just bam, here's all 52 new issues. Enjoy. It was a strictly business decision. And I feel like this like puts a story behind it, and it actually gives some meaning to you know the the history that you read. Hmm. And like I, I I actually I think this is better better than the other way. You know, like it kind of this kind of like solidifies it as a story instead of just a instead of just a corporate decision to start all of these things over. You know, totally with and you. consolidate their line. Yeah. So I'm 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 really excited. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm damn excited. So uh... I'm excited too. Yeah, I was in it first, and then um, I'm I'm excited now. After hearing more about it, I think it's going to be really cool. Very cool. Right, we're look, looking forward to see how that's going and the fallout from that. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to our last last piece of news. Now it's a bit of a controversial one, so I just need to I need to formulate my thoughts because I, I I want to be as clear as possible. So there's a bit of controversy happening in Australia at the moment where uh, one of our expos uh, called Supernova has invited Adam Baldwin to attend as a guest, and uh, some people are not very happy about that. Uh, and that is because of his association with the Gamergate movement. Some some people credit him as the creator of Gamergate, uh, but he actually he isn't. He didn't create Gamergate, but he is definitely one of the the instigators and uh, a, a quite a vocal part of it. Um, now we've mentioned uh, Gamergate before on the show. They've done some pretty horrible things. Well, members of that movement or members who claim to be part of that movement. I'm not saying they're all horrible, but some some of those people involved in that movement have done some some pretty horrible things, including uh, doxing, which is revealing the personal details of certain people. Uh, Brianna Wu, I think her last name is, um, and Zoe Quinn herself, and you know various other people. And it's it's sort of it's resulted in you know the sort of the, the typical you know rape threats, but also actual physical threats against them. And they've you know they've had to go to a hotel and. And, you know, call the police and do all sorts of stuff. So it's it's a pretty horrible situation. And uh, although Adam himself, I just want to clarify, Adam himself has not done any of those things. Uh, but on his Facebook page, I believe it was, um, somebody in the comments uh, revealed the it doxed um, Brianna um, and sort of revealed her personal details. Um, and he didn't sort of remove that post, you know what I mean? So his, his responsibility, in my opinion, would have been to have removed that post and said, hey, this is not on, but he did not. And so that's seen as encouraging the behaviour that then occurred uh, later on. So from what I understand, Adam Baldwin's not shy about sending his fans off to abuse people. Once again, he's never said that they you know, should have rape threats or physical threats or anything like that. He has been harassed. Um, I'm just trying to... I'm, just, I, I know, so I'm sorry if this sounds kind of wishy-washy, but I'm just trying to be... I don't want to. I'm not, I don't want to be on the fence, but I want to be as clear as possible in in the terms of we we don't NCP does not support the Gamergate movement. Uh, we we do not support Adam Baldwin's actions uh, or comments involved with the Gamergate movement. But the thing is that with the with this controversy about Adam being invited to Supernova, I actually uh, in a spur of the moment sort of thing uh, tweeted to Supernova and Adam and said and asked that Supernova not revoke his Invitation. What's his invitation? That's the word. His invitation to Supernova. Now, I just want—I just want to make it clear that I didn't—I didn't use that tweet. I didn't send that tweet because I approve of Adam Baldwin's uh, behaviour or opinion. I sent that tweet because I don't approve of a small minority of people, regardless of who they are, dictating what happens for the majority of people. So just because some people are upset, and they're entitled to be, I'm not saying they're not. If they, but so because a small minority of people are upset about a, a particular person, that doesn't mean that they should ruin it for everybody. 
Now, I want to go to um, Supernova and meet Adam because of his work. I want to meet him because of Full Metal Jacket. I want to meet him because of Firefly. You know, I want to meet him because of Angel. I, don't, I want to meet him as the actor. Um, if I was ever lucky enough to actually get an interview with him, I would bring up the Game of Gates stuff. I definitely would. Um, but I want to meet him specifically as the actor Adam Baldwin and celebrate you know, that work that you know, I hold dear. I shouldn't miss out on doing that because some people are upset about it. And again, they're entitled to be upset. I mean, make their voices known. But they, I shouldn't miss out because they're upset. On the, on the flip side of that, I spoke to, um, we actually had, uh, Richo's not here not here today, but he was here um, the other night um, and asked his opinion on it. And it sort of goes back to a previous episode we had where we, uh, we were talking about how um, is it hard to differentiate the person from, and um, their beliefs and, and actions on from their work. The best example of that would, would obviously be Orson Scott Card and his, you know, raging homophobia, um, and you know, in sort of his science fiction writing work. Um, now, uh, Richo had uh, very strong opinions about Orson Scott Card, and uh, he wasn't going to see the movie because of it, and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, he had he had an interesting point. Uh, I thought when we sort of spoke about this the other night is that. Again, Adam Baldwin is allowed to have his opinions, of course. He's entitled to his opinions. Um, but because he actively pursues those and, like Crystal said, encourages others to do, um, you know, harass other people and stuff like that, that he's he's now in the sort of the Orson Scott card category for, for Richo and that he is, you know, he, he does, doesn't want to support him and, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't want uh, to meet him or anything like that. But also, he then he then agreed with me in saying that a, again, a small a small minority should not dictate everybody else. If they if Supernova still wants him to attend, then he should do so. And you know, for the people who do actually want to meet him, I can see I can see both sides. I, I guess that's that's everything I, I've got to say there. It's going to be a little, little bit longer than I thought, but I, I guess I just want just as long as I, I'm just clear, we do not support rape threats and harassment and doxing and all that sort of stuff um, against people. I'm all for transparency in in game journalism 100 percent, no doubt about that um well, for transparency in any sort of German journalism well exactly yeah exactly so um and and again people are entitled to their opinions as, as, as not all of gaming gate are, are horrible people it's just, as long as it's clear it's just we i i do not agree that adam baldwin should have his invitation revoked and they're my reasons and I just, I just want to point, about, point out, as, as of this recording, uh, they actually have not made their decision yet. So they did release a statement saying that they were, they were thinking about it and uh, they're going to look at you know both sides. Uh, but as, as of this recording, uh, the invitation um, is still standard. Uh, so. Okay, so uh, on, a, on a more positive note, let's move on to the reviews. Or uh, is it a more positive note? There could be bad reviews. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're yet to see. But, uh, we, we might... Give something a bad review, but we never give bad reviews. Oh, gee. ah, <laughs> not bad. I see what you did there. Not, I said, not bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, in that, well, in that case, you, you can go. You can go first. I can go first. So Crystal, Crystal's got the first review. Will be Crystal, who is reviewing "Time and Time Again" by Ben Elton. Yes, not Cindy Lauper. <laughs> if you're lost, you look and you will find me. <laughs> Time after time. <laughs> okay, so 
time and time again. For those who don't know who Ben Elton is, which is probably very few people, but just in case, I'm just going to read... You're the, the lucky ones. <laughs> just got to read the blurb at the back of the book because, you know, why reinvent the wheel? It's all here. That's it, exactly. All, all, it, all you need to know about Ben Elton is one of Britain's most pr- provocative and entertaining writers from celebrity to climate change from the First World War to the end of the world. His books give a unique perspective on the most controversial topics of our time. So he's written 14 major bestsellers, including Stark, Popcorn, Inconceivable, which was filmed as Maybe Baby, which he also directed, Dead Famous, High Society, The First Casualty, and Two Brothers. Um, Elton's multi-award winning TV credits include The Young Ones, Blackadder, and The Thin Blue Line. His stage hits include the Olivier Award winner Popcorn and the global phenomenon We Will Rock You. Yeah. Yeah. We will... (laughs) (laughs) okay so this book time after time give you a brief rundown of what it's about the main character hugh guts stanton uh guts is his nickname because he used to be in the sas and that's what they called him guts stanton he's like it's this sort of bear gorillas type of character where he left the sas um i think they they chucked him out because of the these little webcasts he was doing which is not so much man versus wild, but guts versus guts, in his opinion. <laughs> now, the, guts. Book, the book starts in 1914, but we very soon find out that Stanton is from the year 2025. But that's not a spoiler. That happens very quickly early on. Um, Hugh has to go back in time in order to try and prevent World War I. It deals with the question, if you had one chance to change history, what would you do? You know, where would you go? Who would you kill? I'd meet Jesus. <laughs> I wouldn't kill him. I'd meet him and shake his hand. Well, the question is really in order to to improve human history. Ah, oh, to improve human history. Yeah. So, um, so reading the book, um, Elton clearly knows his history and he's put to use the finer details to paint a vivid picture of life in 1914. While the concept may not be very original, as in you know time travel going back, you've got to change something to make things better. Gotcha. Um, He's managed to create an original story out of the out of the concept. So it's, he's created what I've written down as a conceptual thought puzzle that is time travel and its consequences. Nice. That was a nice turn of phrase. It was it was nice, nicely phrased. So there's times where you may think where the novel is going, but it does have some twists and turns that might surprise you. It's clear that a lot of research and time has gone into creating um, this novel. So. Uh, my only criticism would be that I personally would have structured the cap- chapters a little differently because, it says, as I said it before, it starts in 1914, but when you move to the 2024-25 where Hugh has not yet left his time, um, there, there's a lot of emphasis on whether or not he's going to go through the, with this mission, uh, building up um, the story about what ends up setting him on this mission. I'm trying to say it without spoiling it too much. Mm. So... There's, but there's no real suspense whether or not he's going to go on a mission because the first chapter is him set in 1914. Gotcha. So I wouldn't rewrite any of that. I might I might just reorder some of the chapters in order to keep that suspense. But that's just me. Now, his books usually have some sort of social comment driving at it. Um, he draws on themes like, um, you know, he's talking, he's written stuff about Big Brother and, and the Global Corp for a Challenge and Environment and Green Energy and Pop Idol. And when I started reading this book, I thought it might be sort of more about the man versus wild sort of stuff. But uh, in the end, I've decided it's more about um, 
humanity's capacity to royally screw things up. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, um, I found it an entertaining read, uh, and I give it a three and a half looks. Three and a half looks? Three and a half looks. Awesome. Sounds interesting. It does sound interesting. It is interesting if you like sort of the alternate history sort of stuff, and um, and if you know anything about the period, which I I know I'm bits and pieces from what I remember at school, um, it'd probably be even more interesting. But uh, it, yeah, and there's like I said, there was this one interesting twist at the end that I didn't really see coming. But Doctor Who? No, Doctor Who wasn't even in the book. Blackadder? <laughs> Please tell me Blackadder's in it. <laughs> Baldrick. <laughs> no. Cool, so next up we've got Bo, and he's reviewing Star Trek versus the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's, I was just looking at the title, I don't know that it's actually versus, I think it's just Star Trek, wait for it, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek meets so, uh, the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Star Trek Planet of the Apes, the Primate Directive, which is a great uh, pun title, the Primate Directive. Um <laughs> This is by IDW. It's put out by Boom Studios and written by Scott and David Tipton. Um, the interior art is done by Rachel Stott and colors are Charlie Kitchoff, Kirchhoff. Which, um, the, uh, as far as like the look and feel of the comic, it is a really classic comic style, bold lines, um, poppy colors. I thought the colors were... Um, you know, reminiscent of IDW coloring, you see you see a lot of similar coloring in a lot of IDW books. Um, although I, I think it's it suits this well. Um, it has a real nostalgic look to the old Star Trek because this is um, this is uh, the original series um, timeline for Star Trek, and um, it starts out with Sulu and um, let's see, Sulu and Aurora are investigating. Uh, they're undercover on a Klingon like a Klingon like base or something. And they're investigating some suspicious activity, um, I guess, in the, uh, what do they call that, the no-fly zone? The, the neutral um, zone. Yeah. The neutral zone, yeah, yeah. There's like some Klingon activity going on in, in something like the neutral zone. And um, they're investigating it, but they don't seem to, uh, they can't tell where the Klingon ships are going. It's like um, they're seeing them go there, and then they disappear, and they're not sure what's happening. Um, well, of course... Um, they go back to the ship, and the Enterprise gets closer to investigate, and they discover that they're going through some sort of anomaly or some sort of portal. Um, and Spock somehow figures out that it's a uh, it's a connection between two universes. Um, there's uh, another Earth. Um, there's another Earth on the other side of this portal, only it's different than ours. Um, maybe, like you were saying, it's an alternate history. Um, maybe one event was changed, and um, and it's no longer their their history. So they decide to go in, and whenever they go in, they discover that the Klingons um, are teaming up with the Apes, and um, that's kind of where the uh, that's kind of the cliffhanger at the end is that um, the Klingons are giving weapons um, to the Ape, and um, it looks like it's going to go into even uh, Charlton Heston's character because uh, he's on the cover of the next issue. Cool, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I dig it. I think I'm gonna. I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna pick this up uh, every month. It just issue one is out now. Issue two either just came out or it's about to come out. It comes out this month, and um, and so that's that's where it's at. So you're still at the beginning of this if you want to start if you want to start picking this up if you're at your uh, at your comic book store. Um, but uh, I kind of like the uh, nostalgic TOS feel because they could have really went with like they could have done any storyline right. Like it could have been the next generation crew follows the Borg into the 
into the uh but i think it's a perfect combination of um of uh that nostalgic old planet of the apes look combined with the old original series star trek look um and then also i think um that that kind of genre of klingon um you know fits better with the uh with the apes on the planet too so is it the smooth um, forehead klingons uh no they're the yeah they're the they're the like human looking klingons ah. Yeah, they're not big forehead, uh, wharf-looking Klingons. It was a dark time. <laughs> we, we do not talk about it. <laughs> we, we do not talk about it, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what to rate it, though, yet. I kind of have to read more of it before I rate it. This first issue, eh, I've read better first issues, but I'm, I'm really interested in it, though. I think, I think I'm going to keep reading it. Maybe I'll give it a rating after I've read a few more. I'm sure it's only a limited series. I'm sure it's going to have, like, seven issues. I'm not exactly sure. And what do you mean? What do you mean by Scott uh, uh, Spock somehow figures out? It's like he's Spock. Of course he figures it yeah, out. Yeah, no, of course I know. he figures it out. <laughs> how could you like? How could you have a machine or, or something that would just that would like read the like? How would you read any information from a universe that you didn't even know existed prior to <laughs> pulling up to this wormhole? You know what I mean? Because he's Spock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what I like about this whole concept is that uh, if you so if like if if you can believe that the Star Trek universe is somehow connected to the Planet of the Apes universe only by this one temporal anomaly. Like, we're only one temporal anomaly away from our universe connecting to the Star <laughs> Trek universe, right? So and that would be awesome. <laughs> that's why I'm super excited about it. <laughs> cool, thanks, dude. Okay, so for my review, I'm going to be reviewing Birdman, uh, the film. It's uh, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh... So I apologize in advance. I'm hopeless. But it's directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu. That's, that's pretty good. That was pretty close. Uh, it stars uh, Michael Keaton as Regan Thompson, uh, Emma Stone as his daughter Sam, Edward Norton as the awesome Edward Norton as uh, Mike Shiner, uh, Zach Galifianakis, Naomi Watts, Andrea Riseborough, Amy Ryan, and a bunch of other people. It's a fascinating story about a an actor who uh, previously, in, in his youth, in his younger days, he was uh, the world-famous Birdman comic book hero and uh, did a bunch of very successful films. But now that he's gotten older, he, he wants to be taken more seriously as an actor, and so he's decided to put on a play called uh, What We Think About When We Think About Love. Um, and uh, he's, he's, he's adapted it and he's directing and starring in this play and he's basically he's put, he's put his whole life into this play like this is his last shot to prove that he is actually a, a good actor and, and should be respected as such and, and try and bury the whole Birdman persona behind him his difficulty is that he's uh, surrounded by um, some some people who aren't very good and uh, and said he's basically he's, he's, and he also doubts himself he's just like am I, am I actually really a good actor or not uh, he's his other obstacle is the fact that uh, the Birdman character uh, talks to him, <laughs> and uh, and uh, what? I just love how the Birdman character's got the sort of Christian Bale Batman voice. Yeah, he's got yeah, <laughs> and so, uh, so and uh, and gives him and basically tells him to just to scrap his dream and go back to do and do it a, a Birdman film. Um, now, what's uh, what's fascinating about this is I think this is the, absolutely this is the greatest casting I've ever seen in my life. Is yeah. that of course, Michael Keaton played Batman, so he he was the the first big screen iteration. If you don't count the 
that band 66 movie um the adam west movie but um so he was he was of course you know the and and, and batman in the in the the uh tim burton film and and that was huge i mean it was absolutely massive um and you know which created the superhero phenomenon that we have today and the parallels behind it i mean it's i mean he the story wasn't written around that fact i mean he was cast into the film and i like to think as that the film was that the film was written with him in mind um and yeah. it, it couldn't it couldn't be more perfect i mean just just some of the scenes for anybody who actually knows this information some of the scenes that occur it's it just it, it blows me away because just knowing knowing what i know i mean knowing that he was in fact batman and like crystal said putting on the christian bale uh, batman voice it's just it is it's that sort of that meta concept that I love, um, but it doesn't overdo it. Like it doesn't sell the entire premise based just on that concept. Um, it's it's not a one trick pony. It, it is it is an acting tour de force. Um, it's uh, the cinematographer. I, I just have to mention the cinematographer Emmanuel Lebeski, um Does an absolutely amazing job, and it's it has a, a sort of a, a one shot sort of theme to it so basically so it, it follows the people around and and pretends that it is i mean obviously it's not i mean obviously it's some very clever editing but it pretends that it is in fact just one continuous take um and uh it's it just blows me away it's just that this the level of skill involved in making this film is amazing um and importantly the story itself is also quite fascinating it's just what Regan goes through uh, in order to try to get this project to happen having to deal with his uh his rehab daughter, um, having to deal with uh, Mike Shiner, Edward Norton, who's who's brilliant. So it's, I mean, but between the two of them, it's hard to guess who I like the most. But I mean, I've always been an Edward Norton fan, and and Edward Norton basically plays himself. I mean, so you've got Michael Keaton sort of playing up to the the whole Batman thing. You've got Edward Norton being a, a narcissistic, um, power hungry method actor, which he's quite often accused of being. Um, and it just and it couldn't have been more perfect. And it, everybody does does their best, and uh, it really really pays off. Um, so you would think that after that, my uh, massive amount of praise that that I would give it five out of five looks. Now, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't because there's there's just one one particular aspect of the film which is uh, the soundtrack. Now, it's I'm very. I'm almost sort of schizophrenic about the about my feelings on the soundtrack because although the soundtrack itself is brilliant, I mean it's it's absolutely amazing, <laughs> and it, and the way that it's incorporated into the film is is amazing. Um, it's 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 basically continuous. I mean there's, there's very few scenes that doesn't have any music behind it, um, and it incorporates it into the film. In, in whereas a lot of it is sort of a jazz. A jazz drumming uh, sort of sort of a percussion jazz percussion, and it it follows people as as they talk, and and the the emotions that are occurring on screen it dictate how the the music reacts. Um, yeah, and that's that's good and bad. And so the good part is that it's incorporated in the film in such that it's uh, there's a couple of scenes where you actually get to see the drummer himself actually performing the music, like like Regan is walking down a corridor, and then he'll turn a corner, and there's the drummer. And then, like you'll keep walking down a corridor, and as That's he's walking cool. away, the music recedes, and you know that sort of stuff. It's just it's perfect. It's 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 amazing stuff. Is it like because it's in his head? Uh, well, I don't I don't really don't want to give anything away. I don't want to say I don't want to say yay or nay because I I mean I could 
I can confirm, but I don't want to. I, I, I won't be able to see, that, see this film with spoiler free. Um, now, so the bad part, like I said, there was a good and bad. So the bad part is that I just there are some parts of this film where the, where the music is so overwhelming, and I understand technically I understand why. Um, it's because it's during the the highly emotional scenes where Regan thinks he's going mad and all that sort of stuff, and the music just is just so unbelievably loud that. You know, I'm an old, I'm an old man. I, just, I can't take too too much loud music, so it's it just it was so loud that it actually drowned out what was happening in the film itself. Um, and so I know that's it's that's incredibly nitpicky, um, but I just it just it happens far too often to let it go. So um, so I want to give it five out of five. So that that's how good it is, people. But I, I, but just that small thing I can't. So I'm going to give it as close as I can. I was going to give it four point nine nine out of five. <laughs> But that screws up Crystal's, you know, rating system, did he? No, no. So I can get, it, I can go with that. Yeah. All right, I'm giving it four point nine 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 repeating <laughs> Luke's out of five. It is awesome stuff. I've almost seen this movie like every day. I'm off. I've almost went and watched it, but it's like it's not playing in Anderson. It's only playing like the closest it is to me is like an hour away almost. It's and worth I haven't it. Went to see it yet. It's worth it, dude. <laughs> I, I really want to see. It. I drove like three hours to watch Star Trek, so like, I mean, I I, I think I I'm willing to do it. I just um I kind of got to get somebody to ride with me though. I don't want to do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so on, on on that note, let's move on to Contest of Champions 2.0. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to. The yeah. octagon. <laughs> the octagon. Uh, well, actually, it's not an octagon, but I could have made it. I should have made it an octagon. Um, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so this. So we talked about. So last year we talked about uh, revamping Contest of Champions, and uh, young Brian, um, who you uh, the listeners would know as as Wow Yoda, um, has been you know hassling slash suggesting to me for a while that we'd uh, we sort of revamp it into sort of more of a a ladder system. He's um, now known as the architect of Contest of Champions. Yeah, well, it's, 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 I mean, credit to him. It's it, it's mainly Brian's idea, and and Bo's also suggested in the past as well, where we do sort of so a ladder a ladder system. So instead of just making them up, like who fights who in the next episode, sort of stuff, we sort of we actually have some sort of uh, some sort of goal in mind. Um, well, what's going to be is uh, seven seven rounds each. It'll be in sort of like a an elimination sort of thing. So kind of like how you know the NFL. NBA sort of stuff, sort of, sort of stuff works. So it'll be two combatants who then, um, you know, a winner from there fights the winner from the other fight. We had two combatants and sort of goes from there, and eventually you get um, the the end. Uh, I'll split it into two divisions. Original, my original idea was to have basically all of them in one big, one big ladder system, and then eventually they sort of fight to the end. And, and I found that it didn't really work very well because I had some sort of uh, what you would call street level type characters, like say Daredevil, for example, or something like that, versus someone like, you know, Superman, which would be ridiculous. <laughs> it's like you wouldn't even stand a chance. Um, so it didn't really work. So I've split it into two separate divisions: the Street Fighter division, which is, like I said, the sort of the street level type people, um, and they'll have their own sort of winner, and the Heavy Hitters division. Uh, so that that's for the you know the Superman type level people. Uh, we're going to start with uh, the Street Fighter division. So uh, each uh, episode that the bows on, so every uh, odd numbered episode from now on will be uh, until we get to the end of the Street Fighter division, until we get to our winner, and then we'll start the Heavy Hitters division, and we'll and we'll go from there. 
And what, and what we're going to do is, the, the, so the difference with this is I actually want, uh, I really want uh, listener feedback. I want, I want, uh, I want you guys to be involved. But it's essentially uh, the motto, like the tag for this is, who do you think will win? Um, and we'll incorporate that into it. Like we'll have we'll have our own sort of discussion, like we do, um, and try and try and figure out, you know, via discussion slash argument, who would actually win. And um, but I also want to incorporate what you guys say. So if you have, uh, if you think a certain person would win say who it is and if you think you know if you have sort of reasons why put those in and, and we'll incorporate that into the story as well so i did i did uh, announce this on facebook uh, fairly late in the day so uh, we've had we did have one response um, for this particular fight so that's awesome um, so i'll incorporate that uh, so thank you black sword uh, for your for your suggestion that was awesome um, but uh, and then so but what, what we'll do is at the end of each fight i'll renounce uh, who the next combatants are going to be, and we'll post it on Facebook, and so then uh, so you guys can jump onto our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com forward slash no culture podcast and give your uh, comments uh, in there. I tried to do it as a poll, but for some reason I can't get polls to work on our. I think it's the, the way our page is designated; it doesn't allow to have widgets, which is kind of frustrating. So if we just if we just put it in the in the comments, that would be cool. Now each, each fight will take place in exactly the same environment so in the past uh, i've come up with a scenario and uh you know we've, we've had the fight wherever we had them like uh one of the most memorable one for me is uh thor versus wonder woman where he like crashed into into amazon island <laughs> which i thought was hilarious uh but so but to make it to make it as yeah. fair as possible i've actually each each fight will occur in exactly the same place um so the arena so uh the arena as I've called it, or we can call it the octagon. It's not shaped like an octagon, but we'll call it that. The octagon uh, is a uh, 1,800 by 1,800 feet cube, which equals about four New York City blocks, filled with the typical type sort of stuff you would find in in like in, a, in, a, in the city, so uh, buildings, warehouses, shops, cars, that sort of stuff. And it's covered by a force field that reaches up 700 kilometers. So that, uh, so to give you an idea, that is technically out of space. Um, and is high enough to cover satellites. All right, so it's it's pretty damn high. Uh, it's all encompassed. It's a huge area, like eighteen hundred by eighteen hundred feet. So four city blocks. It's pretty big. Um, so that will incorporate uh, both divisions. Both divisions will fight in that area. Um, so you know, when we get to the heavy hitters, we can have people getting slammed into buildings and stuff, which is cool. So if we're incorporating city blocks, right, and say that those city blocks. Uh, encompass Forty Second Street, so, so can they get, go down to the subway? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I said it. I, I wanted to say it in New York because that's uh, that. I mean, that's the city that most people would know the layout out, even if they've never been there. Like you would sort of, you have a general idea of how New York works, you know, with the numbers and the names and all that sort of stuff. I was I was originally going to say it in Melbourne, but I thought, well, that's boring because no one's going to care, and <laughs> nobody's going to know sort of way. But so yeah, so yeah, so this way you've got subways. You've got basically you've got four blocks of New York to cause mayhem in. Uh, and, and just to point out, there are no civilians present. So I've taken out collateral damage. Okay, so it's if when we get to the heavy hitters and they're destroying buildings and stuff. There's no civilians to worry about. How are there no people in New York? There's no people. I, well, it's my city. I, it's my world. I took it. I made it. I can do whatever I want. Because God said so. Because I said so. Um, so, yeah. So, so we're going to start with the Street Fighter Division, round one. And the combatants are X-23 versus Robin and I've specified Damien. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm going to do is, uh, so every time we have uh, a round, I'm going to uh, describe the characters 
a little bit. Uh, not too much. I'm not going to go go mental, but just to sort of give you an idea. So, uh, X-23 is a teenage female clone of Wolverine. She has all of his abilities. Uh, she has the uh, retractable claws. She has two that comes out of her hands, each hand, um, and one on each foot that comes out from between her toes. So she has, So she's quite fond of doing the sort of the spin kick to people's faces and, you know, slicing their faces open and stuff. Um, she doesn't, and the, the claws themselves are adamantium, but she doesn't have the adamantium skeleton. That's, so so it's pretty, she's pretty easy. So it's, it's basically it's a female teenage wolverine without the adamantium skeleton, is essentially is what it is. No whiskers. And No, no whiskers and a better hairstyle. Uh, so, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Australia's own. Um, anyway, so uh, the other thing to note is that she is... She well, she's. I mean, she's a clone. So she was. She's been raised since birth as an assassin. Uh, so uh-huh. she has all of those sort of skills. She so basically she has almost. You would. I'd, I'd hesitate to say that she's actually a better, technically a better fighter than Wolverine. Um, Probably, but, but doesn't have his years of knowledge um, and sort of his brawl sort of and and, and his strength either. So, um, but she has. I do want to point out that she has actually beaten him in a fight before. I mean, she did take him by surprise. So she is unbelievably trained. So she's killed, and she has no hesitation in killing. Just absolutely none. Uh, now the other other thing to point out is that she uh, has a thing called a trigger set. So her handlers, uh, if she ever hesitated in a job or um, if they wanted to sort of put her into a berserker rage, uh, much like Wolvie, was is that they would they would do they would release a, a, a particular pheromone. Which uh, which then would trigger her homicidal instincts that she would and she, she would then go into a berserker rage, have no memory of what she did, and then would basically just go on to just a killing rampage. So that's X twenty three. Now Robin uh, says uh, so I'm specifying Damien. Uh, so Damien is the son of Batman and Talia Al Ghul. Um, she he's been uh, he's also been raised as an assassin. He doesn't have any abilities. Unlike Laura, he doesn't actually have any, any superhuman abilities. Now, I do want to specify that this is pre-resurrection story. So he actually just recently, like I think last week, got resurrected from the dead um, and now has some unspecified superhuman abilities. Now, it's, just, it's too early to use those now because who knows what he's capable of at the moment. We know he's super strong, um, but other than that, we don't really know. So it's pre-death Damien. He's, uh, yeah, so he's been trained by the League of Assassins since birth. So he is a master martial artist. He's also incredibly smart. Managed to complete uh, the flying, the flight, the Batwing, the Batmobile, flying Batmobile that uh, Bruce was having trouble with. He actually managed to complete building that. So he's an engineer. Um, and uh, he also knows uh, all sorts of stuff like disguise and criminology and acrobatics and stuff like that. So uh, Laura at X23 is more about sort of like, uh, she like sort of she incorporates dance moves and sort of that sort of acrobatics, whereas um, Robin is more of a an acrobat slash assassin. Uh, he he also has no uh, compulsion against killing. Um, he's he tries <laughs> not to because that's what his, his father wants. But when he first shows up on the scene, he has no problem at all. He'll just kill anybody that gets in their way. Um, and not innocence, though. He doesn't just blindly kill innocence, but he will you know, kill any bad guy that he sees, which is fair enough in my opinion. But uh, like I said, no superhuman abilities, but he is... Oh, bad guys have feelings, too. Screw him. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in the Austin Powers movie. It's like with the henchmen. 
It's, it's, he's not coming home. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so it's it's it is very simple to say that he is smarter than X twenty three. There's there's well, there's no denying that he's definitely smarter, um, but uh, he is not as strong uh, in terms of their like actual martial arts assassin abilities. I'll leave that to the discussion <laughs> to decide on who's better with that. So what I'm going to do is we're going to put each of them into the four city block area and. I was thinking, I've been thinking the last couple of days on some sort of scenario to to say that, you know, why they should be fighting or something, but I just couldn't think of anything yeah. that was even relatively good. So so basically, I'm just we're just going to go with the, the old standard, so I apologise for the cliché. So we're just going with the standard that um, Robin's been told that X-23 is uh, trying to assassinate Batman, and X-23's been told that Robin's trying to, wants to assassinate the X-Men. <laughs> Let's go with that. Is that fair? How... How much um, advanced knowledge does uh, does Damian Wayne have? Well, they're both. Uh, what, uh, that's that's an excellent question. What I'm going to say is that they've both been put into opposite ends of the city. In, in terms of advanced, they actually, but in terms of advanced knowledge, is an excellent question. They don't know what each other's abilities are. They just know that each one of them are an assassin. So that would give a fair indication of what they would. They'd have a fair idea of what the other one's capable of. Uh, but yeah. Robin doesn't know that X-23 is super-powered, and X-23 doesn't know that Robin isn't super-powered. Hmm. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's fair. All right, cool. All right, so they're both in the city. They have to stop each other. Let the round begin. So the the dilemma is they're very similar characters in that they're both willing to they're both willing to kill. Yeah. Uh, that's no what I like about the matchup, is they're, they're both kind of like... They're both kind of like... Um, they both have predecessors like um, you know Wolverine and Batman, yeah. and they both are opposite of those in in that they're uh, they're more ruthless. Um, you know Wolverine. There has been cases where he's been willing to kill. He was even on um, he was on, even on X Force, but um, but I don't think it's it's not the way he he doesn't do it without conscience the way that X twenty three would. Yeah, uh, and Damien Damien same way. Damien only has a conscience because he doesn't want to disappoint Bruce. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like that about this matchup. Cool. The only thing that I don't like about this matchup, or, or the only reason, because I want Damien to win. <laughs> you, want Dam- is, you want Damien to win? Yeah, I want to figure out a way that, because I feel like Damien's the underdog here, because he basically is X-23 minus the regeneration. Yeah. So, like, I mean, they're a pretty even matchup, but she's eventually going to win, because she can just keep regenerating as he stabs her, but she's going to stab him and, and he's going to die. Well, this is, this is how I see it, right? It, she doesn't have Wolvie's adamantium skeleton, right? So she, she can be beheaded. So she's lost body parts she before. She doesn't have it? Really? She doesn't have the adamantium skeleton. Just her blades are oh, adamantium. I didn't know that. So, she, okay. so if she's beheaded, she would probably still live, but... She'd be out of the out of the game. That, that, that's I how think that'd she, be how she still live. Does she grow another head? No. Well, she can reattach because she can have the head, head reattached, and they don't die if they lose oxygen and, and stuff like that. It's kind it's kind of it's kind of hard to. I mean, she. Yeah. I mean, she probably she she might die, but it's never happened. There's no one else in the city to help her. Well, that's a good point. No one else. Very good point. Very good. No point. one else in the city. Yeah. No one else to see. So what? I, so this is how this is how I sort of see it down. I was actually because I agree. I think Damien is a bit of an underdog here, but it's important to note that he is. Far smarter than than yes than yeah, Laura, yeah. right? So I mean, she's no slouch, but he's 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 a genius. So he would set up, and he knows, like he's admitted in the past, he's he's, he's reckless, and he's and uh, he's headstrong, but he's no fool. 
So he knows that he has um, to do, do, do whatever advantage that he can, right? So he would set up traps. I mean, that's, that's what, it's what Batman, the Bat family do. They, they use their environment to their advantage. Whereas yeah. Laurie just goes in there and just, you know, goes all out. So I'm, I'm thinking he actually, he makes his way to the, you know, the center of the city. Laura will be able to track him because she has the, the set height and sensors that Wolvie does. But I he, think Damien would be smart enough to know that she's tracking him, though, because he knows she's an assassin. Yeah. So what, what, I, what I think is he's going he's gonna to make his way to the, the middle and start setting up some traps. Um, so, you know, the classics, uh, you know, the, the, the rope that, that makes them hang upside down and trap doors and, all, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, he's got, he's got like, equipment. Um, he doesn't have access to Bruce's, you know, utility belt, but he's got his own stuff. So he starts setting up some traps in a building and sort of stuff, and he'll watch. He he actually watches X twenty three, and can see. So and so going with what you're saying. So he, because watching what she's doing, he can tell that that's what she is doing. She's tracking him via her heightened senses. Mm-hmm. He then knows. Okay, well I'm actually now up against a super powered opponent, which is no problem for him. He's gone up against super powered opponents and killed them before. So he's he's not afraid. He's at no point will he be actually afraid or insecure about it. So he's, so he's, he's like, okay, well, she, she's, she's at least got um, heightened senses. Does it, he won't, wouldn't know about the regeneration or I mean, all the claws because they're not out yet, but she, he knows that she's an assassin, like he said, so he knows that she's a good fighter. She might have had to use them to get herself out of one of the traps, you know. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm thinking. So she eventually gets to the point where he is. He stays, knowing that she's sensing him, he stays in a point where she has to come through the traps in order to get to him. So she starts making her way through the traps... Whether or not she falls for any of these traps, I don't know. I leave it to to us to sort of decide. So, so yeah. So it's so in a building, and we'll say I just off the top of my head, we're on the fourth floor, and there's traps everywhere, booby traps all over the place. Damien's in the middle of all these booby traps. Boobies. Uh, he's in the middle of these, these booby traps, um, and uh, Laura's making his way, making uh, Laura's making her way up to uh, that's. X twenty three, by the way. I just keep calling her Laura, so because uh, I keep calling calling him Damien. So yes, we're on yeah, first name basis. Yeah, we're on a first name basis. We're good friends. Uh, so X twenty three is you know making her way up the building to get to him. I personally think she would go up the outside because she's also no fool. Yeah. I think she's going to extend the claws and go up the outside, and so now Damien knows that she's got claws. So mm-hmm. so so just by pure observation, he knows heightened senses and claws. Um, yes, I just want to. I just want to read out read out uh, Black Sword's comments on the fight because uh, I thought they were quite good. He wants. He thinks X twenty three will win, and here's what he wrote: I'm sorry, Damien, but X twenty three has this one in the bag. Although Robin is a trained fighter, it's hard to ignore that X twenty three is a stone cold killer, and the most this young boy Wonder is going to do is stain her outfit by bleeding on her. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty well written this one I like it. The battle's climax will be reached with X throwing the battered body of Damien off a building's rooftop, only for her own amusement and answering the question if this bird can really fly. Nope, splat. Game set and match X twenty three. That was kind of my approach in the beginning. Was like, well, there's no way Damien can win, and and, and I did come up with a strategy. So here's here's what I thought about. So yeah. I was thinking about the cutting her head off thing. And I was also thinking about the rejuvenation, and I was trying to think of another scenario where we've had uh, characters that um, rejuvenate, um, and how how we killed those characters, and in like other TV, in other you know forms of media. Yeah. And I thought about the show Helix, 
which um, which I don't want to spoil too much of Helix, but um, oh, dude, I just got to bring something up. You know, when you reviewed Helix on the, on the that episode that you did, um, yeah. In that same episode, you talked about how much you hate Battlestar Galactica and why. All right. Yeah. You know, Helix is made by the same guy that made Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't know that until after the episode. I really bring that up. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, so. <laughs> So I thought about Helix, and basically in Helix there are characters that are, are Wolverine-esque. They they rejuvenate. Um, they don't have claws or anything, but they rejuvenate. And they're they're like, well, how do we kill the unkillable? And and they they live forever. If you if you give them a disease, they will cure it. They will cure themselves of it. If you if you cut their head off, eventually they could re you know reassemble that. And right. the way they do it on that show is. Is well, if you take them apart and then you put them in different places and freeze them, sure they're still alive, but there's no way for them to interact with their, their environment in order to put their body back together. Gotcha. So, like, I was thinking if Damien had prior knowledge, and that's why I asked this at the beginning if Damien had prior knowledge and he knew that he might put this plan together where he could, you know, take her apart and put her in different places and freeze her. And so, I was thinking, what if he could take. Mr. Freeze's freeze gun from the Batcave, <laughs> Bruce is not looking. Yeah. And then actually if he could, you know, kind of sneak up on her and cut her head off and then freeze her head <laughs> and put it on, on one part of town and freeze her body and put it in another part of town. I, that, I, that I, have, to, I have to veto having the freeze gun, I'm sorry, man. You should you should only have the stuff that he has. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. If he if he's in New York City and he found this out whenever he got to the city. Yep. Um, then, then he can't have the freeze gun, right? But there's no, there's, there's other ways to freeze something. Yeah, well, so there's, there's like restaurants of, and stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something in the city that he could use to freeze her or incapacitate her. He breaks into a, it breaks into a place that has liquid, liquid nitrogen. Yeah, because like, he has to make, he has to make his way across the city to get to the center, right? So while yeah. he's making his way across, he comes across a. a, a uh, some sort of establishment, some sort of building, uh, I don't know, business that has liquid nitrogen. And so continuing with your story, with your your idea is like, oh, actually, but wait, he doesn't know that she's got powers at this point. Yeah, he doesn't know that until... But I kind of think I kind of think that he wouldn't put all the traps in one building and then expect her to go to that building. I think he would do it throughout the city. So he may have more, more than just one opportunity to see her, you know, as they're going through the city. So he's setting traps as he goes. Yeah. So, so, so he's not even heading towards the middle of the city at all. He's basically just head, he's basically just traveling around the city. He's guiding her. He's, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's like it's like a like a, a rat in a maze sort of stuff. He's basically going around the city, and as he goes, he sets up traps to learn more about her. Yeah, yeah, and while he's doing it, he's watching her. I like that. That's good. Exactly. That's really good. That's that's exactly what he would do. And then and, and he, so she's she has to go against each trap as she goes. Essentially, she has to. I think it's pretty safe to say that she's not going to be affected by very many of them, but he would no, then I don't think so. he would then know that at least um, if one of the traps involves you know hurting her in some way, he would see her regenerate and then know. Okay, well now I, I know it's just heightened senses because she's tracking me. She regenerates because I just saw her cut disappear within seconds. So then, so then we go back to the then we go back to the yes. Okay, well now I need now I know I need something that freezes. Um, yeah, because I need to dismember her and freeze her. And finds liquid nitrogen and uh, sets up a trap that uses it. Yeah. But would she fall for that trap? Would he get close? Would he be able to get close enough in order to cut her up? Wouldn't she realize what he's doing? Yeah, I think she. I think she'd figure it out. 
Yeah, she's not she's not completely stupid. I mean, yeah. I think Damien's smarter, but I don't think she's an idiot. So yeah. she probably would figure out what he's doing. And they ha- and they have to eventually get like get into Malay range in order to fight. I mean, they're both Malay fighters. So yeah, but yeah, but you, you know, like he's all jumping across the rooftops tops with Bruce. I mean, you, like he, I think he could stay, he could keep his distance from her as long as he needed to. But yep. at some point, in order to dismember her, he has to get close. Yeah, I should have mentioned at the start what what sort of equipment they've got because 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 Damien uses a sword, so you can cut her up. Yeah, he's got a staff and a sword. Hmm, I like it. I don't know. So yeah, so he's so he's basically he's he's jumping around from rooftop to rooftop. They engage a couple of times, then he sort of disengages, then he sort of runs around a bit and then engages a bit more. Whenever they whenever they actually do actually engage, uh, he's is it. He's basically trying to. Every time he disengages, he's leading to another trap. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. She has to then yeah. get through that in some way. I like it. I really I like this a lot. This is cool. And so I'm picturing this in my head. So he's, so he's, yeah. it's the sort of traps that he's set up. We're talking medieval. He's gone medieval here. So it's he's gone all medieval. He's, on he's, the race. <laughs> <laughs> he's um. So she's so every time so every time they engage. Look, I mean, I'm going to say it straight out. I just don't think he has much of a chance in hand to hand combat. Like so she's. Oh. I mean, she's. A better fighter. She's a faster fighter. She has the claws, and she regenerates. So she's. If they're locked in a room with nothing. She wins. Yeah, like, it's yeah. exactly. If they're exactly right, if they're just locked in a, in a bare room, just one on one, he's dead, right? So, but yeah. I really like. I really like your idea about how. So he's he's been watching her all this time, and essentially sort of slowing her down, like wearing her out. Every trap. Every time he engages with her, it's just to learn. It's it's just to learn yep. from her. Yep. And now he's got the ones that. So now he's so he engages and realizes. Look, I've got to get out of this fight asap because she's going to cut my head off. And then so disengages, leads her to another trap. Boom. She has, has another one. And so she's she's like she's a mess. Like she's all cut up. You know, she's broken bones. And you know, it's I mean, and it's not doesn't heal instantly. She's got to like heal as she goes. And she still feels so pain. She, yeah, and she still feels pain. Yeah. So she's still she's healing as she goes, and he's wearing her down every time they get close enough she in, she inflicts a couple of cuts as well because she's obviously a better fighter and then he sort of disengages again and then you're thinking he'll actually then employ the the piece de resistance the liquid nitrogen trap how do you how yeah. do you think how do you think it would end i think that's i mean that, that, we'll, we'll go with that that's how we've gotten to this point yeah let's finish off the 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 real dilemma is how does he cut her head off he's got to come without. at her from behind because yeah that's, it'll be harder for her to claw him from behind. But it's Can hard for her to get behind her because she's tracking him. Hmm. He's not tracking her, you know? So maybe the last trap disorientates her somehow and he does like that bat leap from behind like in my in my graphic. In your, in your graphic? <laughs> he could, I mean, he could probably batarang an arm off, you know what I mean? They had this. He has those like really sharp batarangs. I'm actually thinking it'd be it'd be used. He'd use a batarang that has an extendable cable on it, and then uses that to garrote. Yeah, that's how I saw, that's how I saw it going down. I mean, it's, it's um, I mean, I, even though I still, I mean, I, I still think X twenty three would win, um, but I I sort of I saw the end being that he uses one of those uh, cable extendo batarang things that they've got, and they've got them right, so it's established to then try and garrote her. And you know, maybe even sort of half succeeds, but then she just rips him apart. That's that's how I sort of saw it. Here. I don't know, man. Done. I think I think I, I think this works out really good in his favor because yep. he's not killing her, so Bruce is happy. <laughs> and 
I think I think if he could if he could use the cable thing to incapacitate her even for a second, it might be enough to give him the edge to cut her head off and then freeze it. Wow! All right. Well, I I think this is too close to call. I I, I think we've it's come really up, close. It's we've really come close. up with an absolute. Well, this is a brilliant scenario. I think this is awesome. I think it's one of our best ones in terms of just how well we've planned it I out. I think it's one so, of the most gory ones. We've yeah. Had. So all right. So let's let's put it to a vote. Let's put it to a vote. It's, I think I think it's too close to call. And we and we're going to use. No, no, wait! 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 Oh no! I got it! I got it! You've got, got it. it. He leads her to like a meat locker or a meat freezer somewhere. In addition to he is using liquid nitrogen chat traps, yep. and he's freezing her as she's trying to get to him. And then he uses the batarang to catch her. She's already half frozen. Cuts her head off. Freezes it the rest of the way. Oh, I see, see what you're saying. saying. So, so he's liquid nitrogen parts of her, which then have to fall, like get shattered. They still then, have to thaw or shatter and then yeah, reheal. Yeah, reheal. So she's not just healing cuts and bruises. She's healing like actual missing parts. Yeah, like he would have to do this over time, like like slowly. He's going to get tired as well, though, isn't he? I mean, he has to engage. Yeah, yeah. No, he's getting tired too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So I just I'm saying I think he could outsmart her. You you think he can pull it off? So your vote's obviously for Damien. Yeah. So you think Damien's got it in the end? He dismembers her, freezes her, victory. I All think right. in I think in this scenario, cool. It, it could right. be Damien. I think uh, I'm I'm going with X. I just think she's. I mean, even though I really like the scenario, I think as soon as he got, I think as soon as he gets close enough to try and dismember her, she's just going to take him out because she realizes she realizes what danger she's in, and she's just going to slice his throat. That's the end of it. So I'm going with X. So we'll incorporate Black Sword's entry. So he's going with X as well. So that's two for X, one for Damien. Crystal, oh, just to make it interesting, I'll I'll jump on Bo's team. See, so you're going with you're going with Damien. I go with Damien. All right, how do we do this? Do you want, you want to flip for it? I think it's kind of a tie, and so we got to come up with a rule for a tie because we never made a rule, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe the listeners I, then decide. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to do comments, and I'm going to scrape box your comments. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what does scrape box mean? Uh, there might be some hackers out there that know what scrape box is. <laughs> All right. Okay. Go. Cool. So, uh, well, no, so, so we're actually going to go. If we don't actually have a winner. I, we will next week. So, so what we got to do is is. Uh, Count the comments, add in our votes, and um, and then see who wins next week. <laughs> all right, all right. I did, I did not foresee this coming. I must admit, I, I and, if thought it, would... and if it still ends up a tie, then um, we'll flip a coin. We'll flip a coin. All right. Well, all right. Cool. I, I, like I said, I didn't see this coming. I thought we'd have an actual an actual winner at the end, but I do like the suggestion. So going back to our motto, who do you think will win? So, uh, so you've got it, folks. We've got uh, two votes for X23, two votes for Damien. Um, you've heard the scenario of how we got to this point. Uh, let us know. Who do you think would win? And your, your vote counts. So it's, uh, it might, might be the decider and, uh, who actually goes through to the next round. So this is pretty exciting. So if you could have your um, votes in, uh, you've got... Uh, you've got two weeks essentially, so you got the. Dude, those... this, is, this is not the first time people have voted whether Robin's going to die or not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so true. Tap. <laughs> um, and now, on top of that, also, uh, like I said at the start, we we're going to reveal who's the combatants in the next episode. So, uh, so not only do we want your opinion on who wins between X twenty three and Robin, but uh, we also need your opinion on our next fight. And our next fight will be Deathstroke, the Terminator from DC Comics. 
versus Deadpool from the Marvel Universe. So uh, surely Deadpool does not need an introduction. <laughs> but uh, um, and uh, Deathstroke, the, the Terminator, is basically the the world's greatest assassin as part of the the DC universe. So read up on those guys and uh, and uh, let us know who you think we're out of those. Um, and like I said, Robin versus X twenty three. We need a winner. <laughs> it worked out well. A bit gory. A bit gory. I don't mind gory. That's cool. That was a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Let's. Uh, that was. Uh, uh, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I really, I'm really liking this con- this uh, contest of champions 2.0. It's working well. Um, I should point out uh, that, 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 that don't, don't don't despair. They won't all be comic characters. No, no. Well, yeah, we've got some some coming up. I mean, I sort of I was some of it was random. Some of them actually sort of picked a name out of a hat, uh, and some of them I, I sort of intentionally chose because I thought it would be a good matchup. Um, so there's some interesting characters uh, coming up in the future. So. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, so let's move on to Azerothian times. Cool. So for Azerothian times, uh, we've got a couple of announcements. Uh, Blizzard have released a Gromash, or Gromash House Scream statue. Uh, why oh. they went with Why they went with Gromash? I, I I have no idea. It was a bizarre choice. You'd think it would be Thrall, but available uh, for sale. I, I'm actually, I mean, I'm a, a statue fan as uh, to uh, Crystal's Eternal Horror. Uh, I've got uh, statues all over the place. Um, I don't mind statues. I just don't want to be surrounded. I know. They're everywhere. It's ridiculous. Um, so I've got quite a collection. And, and, but this one, I, I'm going to give it a miss. doesn't really do it for me. I've got to be honest with you. But, I didn't know you could buy it. I thought it was just for the 10-year subscription Oh no, that's that's well, that's my next bit of news. No, the Gromash. The, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm I'm waiting for your reaction. Uh, the Gromash House Cream statue is actually available for sale, right? It's an actual pre-order statue. Uh, like like you just said, there's a statue. Uh, well, Blizzard is actually giving away um, a statue to everybody who has been playing WoW for ten years. So if you, and how long yeah. have you been playing? Ten years. Well, um, have you had your account for ten years with never never turning off the subscription? Yes, you have. Yep. And uh, and what email did I get yesterday? You're getting a, a statue. That's right. Oh no! <laughs> Are you really? I seriously am. Oh my god! It's <laughs> crazy. It's awesome, man. So it's uh, it's 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 pretty exciting and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when I told Crystal, it was funny because Crystal's I, basically I'm, I'm on a ban of buying statues, right? Because it's just there's just no space. I want to get a move in the house. <laughs> and uh, I can't believe that you've had your account for ten years, never turning off the subscription. Yeah, you had to. What's funny? I looked at my start date. Actually, you had to have oh you had to have God. subscribed within sixty days of well be its official release date. So as long oh. as you subscribed within sixty days and you didn't take, um, it wasn't that you weren't allowed to have any breaks i think it was just a very short break as long as it wasn't you know too long I'm not too sure about the official rules but as long as you've been subscribed within 60 days of well starting start that official start date you get a free statue uh, but the statue is uh, a replica of the statue they've got at the front of the blizzard offices yeah yeah so that's uh that's, that's who is that it's not grom no it's thrall oh that is thrall yeah so it's oh. uh it's pretty exciting so it's a it's a bronze replica of of uh, of that statue so i'm pretty excited and and uh, I actually didn't know, I didn't think I was going to get one because I didn't start well straight away. Like, I actually, like, all of the people at work 
started it and they were like you know it's, this is a you know this game's awesome and she get onto it and that sort of stuff and and i never jump into stuff like straight away that's i was kind of like oh i'll wait and see sort of see how it goes and then of course you know i got sucked in and started playing it um and uh, i checked my my start date <laughs> yesterday well because i got the email saying you know hey you know we, we want to reward you for 10 years of of playing and uh, you know please make sure you you're a uh, shipping addresses right and stuff like that so i'm like hell yeah so i jumped on and made sure the shipping address right and uh, and then i was like but wait i I, I was like i don't don't, didn't know i was going to get this so i checked my start my well start date and i started exactly 60 days after the start date oh wow so you were just one day away from missing the one day so uh yeah dude that is amazing like whenever you told me before the episode so before we went on the air just this is pulling back the curtain for everybody yeah you said i got some major wow news that i'm not going to tell you yeah. the first thing that went through my mind is i bet he got one of those stupid statues <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody got one of those statues and i can't believe i didn't get one that is crazy dude I, i'm really excited for you man i'm yeah. really excited for you i i actually when i heard about the statue i texted my wife and i was like I was like, I've only had my account for nine years. I didn't get a statue. And she takes me back. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. And then I can't believe I can't believe you got one, David. Dang, man, that's crazy. Sorry, man. I'll take I'll take a photo and send it to you. So, um, just put salt in the wound. <laughs> sorry, man. Um, <laughs> I'll make sure I'm standing. I'm sort of I'm behind it as well with a thumbs up. It's like yeah. Um, no, but then you go back to what I was saying. So I'm, I'm banned from Mayan statues. So because um, <laughs> we just don't have the space, but. So, uh, so Crystal, to to her credit, what I told her, I was like, I've got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> some good news is I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting one of these statues. And, you got to uh, put that up somewhere. Though. Yeah. You can't, you can't not put that up. Oh, it'll go in the cabinet for sure. Um, and the bad news is uh, I'm getting a statue. <laughs> so Crystal, like, so to her credit, I'm very, very pre- pleased that she was like, okay. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I said congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. That's good. So yeah, I thought I thought when I, when I said that I've got at the start of the, before we started recording when I said I've got some major wow news, I thought you thought that I would be quitting. I, that crossed my mind too yes. during the show. I was thinking, I wonder if he's going to quit because I noticed that you're not playing as much lately. Yeah, I just what? I basically I jump on to do the I do I do the garrison stuff and then I basically just get off again. I just I'm just I'm very very bored. Me too. Yeah. yeah, I can see. I can see that we're both doing that because, like, you'll message me, but by the time I read it, you're offline, yeah. and then like, I'll message you. By the time you read it, like, I'm offline. So I, I can tell that's happening to both yeah. of us. And you and you leave and you leave yourself logged in, even though you're not actually yeah. at the screen. You go, you do, you do stuff. So I'll send you a message, and there's no reply, and I'm like, oh, well, obviously he's off doing stuff. And then like you'll an log app. off, and I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so, but I just, I just I assume you're just off, you know, doing whatever you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like, I like this expansion. I think it's done a lot of things right. Um, but there's just a couple of things that have annoyed me recently, and I don't want to go into details because I want to go on this massive rant. But I just uh, one of the things. I is, <laughs> okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll cut, we'll cut to you in a second. But I think this is a testament to me as a player. But I've got, I've got a couple of characters to a hundred now, and one of them is a warlock. And I just think that the the amount of nerfing that they've done to Warlocks is... Uh, you know, every, every expansion people complain about nerfs. And I've just let it go because I just didn't care. And, I mean, I wasn't a raider and, you know, it's whatever. As long as I can still play, whatever, it's all good. Um, but I just think the amount of nerfing that they've done to, to Warlocks now is, is just so ridiculous that... And I'm ashamed to say this. I'm ashamed to admit this on air. But I actually can't... To get, to get into heroics, 
you need to pass Proving Grounds Silver at the very least, right? And yeah. I can't do it. I'm a lock. I just can't do it. I can't get past Proving Grounds Silver as DPS. I'm a lock. And I've tried everything you can think of. I've, you know, I've watched the videos. Of, you know, I've tried different specs. It's just, and I just, I just cannot do it. Whereas on my other characters, my uh, Hunter, for example, I could do it with my eyes closed. I mean, it's just absolutely no challenge in any way. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's really, really frustrating. So I've got this 100, level 100 character that basically is not doing anything. Um, and like I said, other, other things have annoyed me as well. But uh, overall, though, I think the expansion is good. But you said you've got some stuff? Oh, well, I wanted to talk about your annoyances. <laughs> <laughs> I, I My thing right now is, is I do love the expansion. I, I, I'm not complaining about Warlords. I think it's good, but just kind of socially... I've had some, I, I, you know, I transferred my characters over to this other realm. Yeah, no, you abandoned um, me. Let's go. Yeah, my old, yeah, no, I abandoned you guys. <laughs> and um, my old raiding, so I joined my old raiding guild because we were, they were gung-ho. We were getting back together and then we, and they're not getting back together now. So I feel like I transferred everybody over here for no reason. And um, I'm trying to get a second group together. I'm trying to get some, uh, um, some players together to start raiding some. But basically, right now, I'm sitting at an item level where I need to be raiding in order to progress. Yeah. And because I've done all I can do beyond that. And I can do the, like, the, like, I can do the Blizzard, like, group finder. Um, LFR. You know, but the thing is, not LFR, but the you can use the... Uh, oh, the um, raid finder thing. Yeah, you yeah. can use the tool to to, yeah. to, to do the pre-made, pre-made groups. Yeah. And... Yeah. But the problem with that is, is like, well, I don't know those people. They're going to have loot rolls, and like, I no, do that sometimes. There's no, there's no loot rolls. If you just, it, if you do personal, you get, you get the loot. There's no roll for it. Even on mythic. Yeah. That's not that bad. Yeah. But you don't, just, you don't get mythic through the raid finder anyway. Through the through the pre-made groups, you do, yeah. But if you just do, um, if you just do the raid finder, you can't get as high as mythic. It's basically easy mode raiding. Um, well, the raid raid finder is just LFR. Yeah, it's LFR. Yeah. But then that next tab where you have the pre-made groups, pre-made group, there's yeah. there that they will make a group for Mythic. Yeah. But whenever you join their group, I mean, I, I they have control over what what loot type you set it to, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you just demand and, it. You just demand it be personal. And I'm just um, I'm just not the type to like if if something drops, and it's it's for me, I'll roll on it. But like. You know, I don't know. I'm just not. I don't. You, you know, I don't get into the the loot drama really. Yeah. I'd rather just go with people that I know, and they do. You know, my old guild, the guild that I'm in now, that's not raiding. When we were raiding, they did loot council, and it seemed like the council had you know everybody's best interest, and I just trusted the council. You know what I mean? Just yeah. trust the council, and um, eventually I'll get the you know trickle down economics. I'll eventually get the scraps once all the healers and the and the tanks have everything. Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't know. I, I want to be raiding, and I'm not right now, and it's getting on my nerves. I started I started a new character. I'm playing a um, Protection Paladin now, cool. and the reason why is because I was thinking, well, tanks are in higher demand, so you know, maybe if my if my raiding group never gets back together, maybe I can you know find somebody else as a as a as a tank because everybody's always looking for tanks. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes in the future. What's the eye level for Mythic? Uh, I'm not sure what the eye level for Mythic is. For normal, you want to be like 640. Yeah, um, 640 is, yeah, LFR. Like, yeah, once you get out of LFR, you should be 640. 
Six uh, LFR is easy mode, man. <laughs> it is. I was doing it's an really LFR raid the other day with one hand. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what I did. And, and like this, this sounds really, really bad. But um, there is this, there is this program that people like with like um, um, either visual impairment or bad motor skills or like have some sort of disability. Yeah. Um, it makes it so that you can make really customizable macros. Cool. Um, and I set up my Rat Paladin where I basically hit two keys and. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it casts the appropriate spell. And I wow. did it because, like, hey, I learned protection, but uh, I, I haven't learned ret, and I wanted to. I didn't have good enough gear to tank LFR yet, but yet um, I wanted to do LFR and roll for tank gear, and I didn't want to learn retribution, which is which is terrible, by the way. I hate people <laughs> that do this. I'm sorry, but um, I basically I basically went in and hit hit two buttons the entire time. And did uh, hardly any DPS. Everybody thought I was a healer, probably, <laughs> and just and just waited on loot to drop. And I was like, man, this isn't even fun. Blizzard should just mail me the loot, right? Like, if there's no skill involved in me doing this, then why don't they just weekly just send me mail <laughs> with loot in it? You know? Well, you can do that with the followers, man. I, I got raid. I'm getting raid gear from my follower missions. See, I don't have my followers up to to that level yet. Like, I don't know how people are doing that. If you get, well, you get your you get your followers eye level to uh, six forty five, and then um, it starts. It opens up the high mall raid uh, follower missions, and the you get a the, the item that you get from there has a, you know, some sort of. Maybe that's what I need to be doing right now. Is focusing level. on leveling my followers up. Then yeah, I've been to, I've been I've been really heavy into that. I've got there's four different high mall raids. And I've got groups set up for three of them. I just need to build up one of my followers to Epic and get him geared up because I, just, I need one of his abilities. But so hopefully that follower mission doesn't show up because I won't be able to do it. But the other three, a piece of cake, hundred percent every time. Thank you. Mm, cake. If you got uh, <laughs> cake, if you got the follower Masca, have you got Masca? I don't know. If you got, if you've got him. I just get him built up as well as, as soon as possible because he actually he's the main star of two of my group my I'm all raid groups. He's just mm. a legend. I just been like as I get them, I've been leveling them up. I haven't really been focusing on it. I log in and make sure that they're on missions, and and I try to log in you know frequently to make sure I turn in the ones they have and then start new ones. But as far as any kind of strategy on it, I'm yeah. totally just. Just going with it. Oh, fair and whenever they get item upgrades, I just I just like try to put it on the same one or which one will benefit it from it the most. I haven't really had any strategy behind any of it. Well, I mean, maybe maybe this will excite you a bit more, but uh, the Blackrock Foundry raid schedule has been released. It's been announced. Blackrock Foundry is obviously the, is the new raid that sort of continues on from High Mall, and uh, it opens up February third, uh, and it's uh, then every week after that new stuff becomes available, so Normal and Heroic is on February 3rd, and uh, and the world boss uh, Rukmar becomes available as well. And then every week after that, like I said, or every winch uh, opens up, and that's good news for me because uh, I'm actually at that point in the legendary ring quest line that I need that raid to continue. So, it's, um, so I've, done, I've done the Apex Crystals, I've done those bloody stones, whatever they were called, Abagusta Abba stones, whatever the hell they were, I've done those. And uh, I've got my six, my level six eighty ring. I think it is now. So it's uh, I need to collect stuff from uh, the Blackrock Foundry to continue, which I think is the end. So I'm pretty excited. 
Cool, so that's, uh, that's Azerothian times. <laughs> it's done, so let's uh, finish off with uh, coming soon. Uh, so coming soon in Australian cinemas, January 29th, we get Mortakai, which is uh, Johnny Depp's latest. Uh, Foxcatcher, which is uh, Shane Tatum, uh, who about some, some American wrestlers who are trying to get into the Olympics, or it's that sort of stuff, and uh, they're helped. It's based on a true story, and they're helped by um, a, uh, a rich dude who's uh, a bit peculiar, to, to say the like least. Cool Runnings. <laughs> cool Runnings. It's the serious version of Cool Runnings. That's basically what it is. Uh, uh, Still Alice, which is Julianne Moore's acting tour de force about a lady with Alzheimer's. She's hot lately. And The Theory of Everything. This is based on the life of Stephen Hawking, which is, uh, once again, another acting tour de force. <laughs> and in American cinemas? Uh, in American cinemas, we have Project Almanac, Wild Card, Alien Outpost, and Girlhood. Cool. So that's it for episode 127, part one. Stay tuned uh, for uh, part two, which will be a separate episode, so you don't really have to stay tuned for it. You have to click on it to start it up. Electroglue. But uh, yeah, so yeah, um, check out uh, part two, which has the interviews with uh, Michael Pare and James Rolfe. But that's it from us in this episode. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for partaking in our brilliant Contest of Champions 2.0. So send in your, send in your opinions on who wins. X23 versus Robin. X23. Robin. It's <laughs> Robin. Robin. <laughs> that's it from me and the crew. Crystal. Bye. <laughs> and Bo. I can't believe you got that freaking statue. <laughs> Do you know what I did 10 years ago? I joined a gym. So you joined the gym and, and uh, I sat on my butt <laughs> for 10 years. So I'm yeah, where, Where's your statue in that, huh? Yeah, where's your, where's your gym <laughs> you statue? You should go to the gym and demand my statue. <laughs> where's my statue, damn it? It's probably the same day. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can write on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on nerdculturepodcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show, use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net or search for NCPTV on YouTube because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com. You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.